0: What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another Rugby Muscle Podcast. I am your host, as always, TJ. And in today's episode, I'm going to have another solo episode, this time discussing the Rugby World Cup, my thoughts on it, and give some overall predictions and what I think for you guys going forward, or what I just think in general for the Rugby World Cup going forward. I wanted to do this episode for a while because, you know, I fucking love watching this rugby shit. I love it. This is like the intricate tactical detail sometimes gets lost on a lot of people. And I want to give like my overall thoughts on how I see the play going and what I think of the different teams, what I think of the different aspects of play. And hopefully, because this is the Rugby Muscle podcast, it's not just about fitness and nutrition. It is about, you know, being a better rugby player. And I think that's one of the number one things I see, particularly from maybe not necessarily lower-level players in like England, uh, Australia, New Zealand, that sort of thing, where you've got prime access to rugby all the time. But I think if you are living overseas, if you're living anywhere where rugby isn't readily available on TV, sometimes we get caught up in just playing our own game and not really watching what the top level are doing. And even though sometimes we can't quite relate to the top level, like, you, you know, you watch something that Saracens do and you watch a move or you watch a move that England do or New Zealand do or a defensive system that they do. And it's, you know, so advanced because they've got 10 plus sessions a week to try and hammer those systems in place. Whereas most of you guys listen to this probably train twice a week for, uh, for rugby at most with your team. And that can sometimes make it a lot more difficult for you to relate to what they're doing. But still, nonetheless, you should always be aware of what the top players are doing and what the top you know level of rugby looks like and yeah let me just you know it's been a good weekend already of the first week of the uh first round of the rugby world cup I want to go through it um I want to give my thoughts on what I think with each uh pool and who I see going elsewhere and I gave a little bit of a thought on my Instagram stories the other day about how I don't think there's going to be any upsets at all if uh, you know I think Tier two nations are going to struggle to beat Tier one nations because Tier one nations have just they 've got significantly better, whereas the Tier two nations have definitely got better as well but the the gap is almost increasing because of the rate that the you know the rate and the development and the skill and the the, the size and the physicality of the Tier one nations is is still still growing and growing and growing and that that, and it's just becoming harder and harder for teams that aren't full time. They're not training year round because a lot of these teams, particularly ones that are all centrally contracted, they have a lot of access to their players and they can almost treat them as international players year round. They, you know, they only prioritise playing for their clubs when it's really important um, like Johnny Sexton for example for Ireland like he only plays a handful of games for Leinster when he's really needed and if there's any risk of him being beating up he's taken out and you know they, he's developed in the training camp in a team camp for Ireland and he's that's his sole focus and so the tier two nations definitely do not have that type of access it definitely becomes a lot harder for them to catch up and I think that's why we're struggling to see it I think if there is a upset it's going to come out of pool A I do see Japan giving Scotland a good run for their money unless Scotland's pack can really overperform and and I'll give a bit of an insight into that because I know that Japan have been training for a full year as a team together. A lot of them have been contracted for the Sunwolves B-side or A-side, so they haven't actually even been playing too much competitive rugby. They've just been training and training and training and training as a team, um, which actually really works for them as a team because they run such an efficient pattern and such an efficient system of attack and defense that they're all in it together that training for the whole year around might have actually been an extra benefit if they needed game time they just went up to Sunwolves um the proper t- proper team and played in a super rugby for them if they needed any more games he could schedule a full game with the A side um against another A side in a super, in a super rugby competition and so i think they prepared very very well and although they looked like kind of nervous in that first game i think I think they can definitely do something against Scotland. And I'm basing that kind of off of the fact that Scotland play kind of a a wild style of rugby. Um, If they're going to be at their best, they're going to be attacking with a lot of flair. Finn Russell's going to be throwing the ball around from 10 and getting as many runners as he can around him, doing lots of flary shit because that's what he's about. Um, And I think that uh, Japan recently shut Fiji down fantastically who are the only sort of comparable team to that that play just from anywhere and if Scotland are at best that's the way they've got to play if they're at a worst which is how they kind of played against Ireland where they just I don't know I just don't think that they should be kicking it as much I don't think that they should be as conservative as they are especially against a team like Ireland maybe Ireland sort of just bullied them into it um, I never actually managed to catch that full game I just saw the highlights and it looked as if it was just Ireland being at their bullying best and really got on top of the game with their big forwards. And the, just they Ireland play probably the most simple game, Ireland and Wales, both one and two in the world, play a really, really, really simple style of rugby, which uh, I'm not overly a fan of. To, I'll be perfectly honest. I'm not overly a fan of to watch it at, at the top flight because I think you can do with that the talent and the access that you have to those guys. I think you shouldn't just be concentrating on mistake-free rugby. Um, you know, a lower amateur level. A lot of you guys listening, mistake-free rugby is the ticket. It doesn't mean it's necessarily boring rugby because defenses aren't as good. But when you're playing um, tier one, top level um, defenses, they're gonna they're gonna just um, be a lot harder to break down. And playing mistake-free rugby just is that much more boring. Whereas mistake-free rugby at a lower level, you're gonna get you know you keep the ball for five six phases. You, you're going to be walking into the try walking over the try line and scoring tries and easy money. And I think. Whilst that is great for you guys listening, I don't think that's going to win a World Cup for a Japan or a Wales. So if they start playing a bit more attacking rugby, then I'll consider them. But um, I know a lot of the Irish fans, a lot of the Irish guys are actually a lot less bullish on their team until this weekend. So we'll see. I mean, I'm just talking all this shit. It just could you never know what's going to really materialise. But I think out of this group now, off before the weekend, I would have predicted that Scotland would have beaten Ireland, um, Japan would have beaten Scotland, and and Ireland would have beaten Japan. I don't see Ireland beating Jap- – I mean, I don't see Japan beating Ireland. They're just too physical, too strong, um, and I don't see J- Japan being able to overcome that physically. But I do see their system of strong, hard defense in your face, coupled with a really, really smart attacking style, coupled with probably a few little tricks that they're going to have up their sleeve – I do see them getting a result over Scotland, which is um, a shame because I I do like watching Scotland play when they play really well, except for that second half in the Six Nations where they smashed England and got the weirdest draw in the history of time. Um, And then there's Paul B. Obviously, we've watched New Zealand and South Africa. The most physical came of the World Cup so far. Uh, You know, um, those two teams are obviously always going to be your favourites. It's funny that we say that New Zealand, its its this is the most open World Cup for a while, even though New Zealand, uh, let's have a look at New Zealand's, see if I can look up their, uh, their most recent games. Because, you know, we're saying that New Zealand are no longer like out-and-out favourites. They're still by far and away the most dominant team in World Rugby. Um, and I'm looking f- to see if I've got, if I can pull up their... Uh, most previous results, searching here on Ecosia and seeing what I can find. But yeah, they are still the most dominant team by a long way, and so if we can, um, if if any team can beat them, it's still going to be an upset. So I think there's it's more likely than ever because you know in 2015 and 2011, no one even saw it coming. Like it was, it was almost. Pointless playing the World Cup because they were that far ahead of everyone. But now there is an actual chance for an upset. Let's see. New Zealand rugby previous results. I'll have to move this to Google, I think. Let's see here. So, yes, they lost to. It's only given me five, four results. They beat, obviously they spanked Australia to wake them back up after losing to Australia. They beat South Africa recently. They drew with South Africa before that. And then they beat Argentina. I wanted a lot more results in this. But you get my point. They still are winning significantly more than they're losing it's an outrage that they're not number one still in the world but that's the way the sort of algorithm works for for world rugby in the world rugby rankings so it's fine it's fine but I still think that they are the favorites they They've still got the most talent don't think they should be playing Bowden Barrett at 15 I think they should be playing him at 10 um, and you know putting all their other best players in their best positions but I say that they still smashed it they still beat South Africa, who are playing their best rugby in some time. Remember two years ago, South Africa lost to Italy and everyone thought this might be the end of South Africa being good at rugby. And then all of a sudden, now now they're where they are. They're probably the second favourites behind New Zealand. And so, and rightly so. So that that group, you know, whilst Italy are in that group, it's, it's almost sort of a non-group because you you know South Africa and New Zealand are going to win it Um I would be absolutely shocked if Italy did anything, like even if they got remotely close to either of those two teams. And I don't see it. The real contest is just going to be between Canada and Namibia to see which side can get a unlikely win in this World Cup. Any Canadians, shoot me a message, tom at tjstrength.com. What the hell's happened to your national team? Why have Canada got so bad at rugby recently? It's a shame because their Toronto Arrows team are pretty good in the MLR, but... They, they're only good because they've got a couple of Uruguayans in their team, I've been noticing. So, I'm not really sure what's going on there, but whatever. Reach out to me, Canadians, and we'll get that going. Um, we'll find out what the hell is going on with your team. Now, England, France, USA, Argentina, Tonga. That is the current... How are Argentina below USA if USA haven't played a game and got zero points? That's strange. Anyway, um... I was actually, as an Englishman, I was. I've become a little bit more worried after watching that France Argentina game. I do still think we'll, England will take Argentina. I think the French are looking very, very good though, and um, they've got back to their old way of playing. That's what they've always needed to do. The French, the French have almost they've had a good ten years or so of just trying to play the biggest players ever and just have the biggest team in the history of time. And um, I think they nearly fielded a 1,000-kilo pack at one point. That's how big they're trying to be. And I don't think it's been working for them. I think they've got to go back to their flair players. And they've got it now with this young generation. Anton Dupont um, is definitely at the head of that. That number nine, he is. Um, he plays so good. And he plays so French as well. And they've got to get back to playing their Frenchy style. Um, my other guy who I'm a fanboy of is the tall winger, whose name I'm spacing on at the minute um what the hell is the geezer's name uh the winger damien Pernot, dude that guy is my latest rugby crush he is awesome um just plays really hard but is he glides around the field watch his movement he moves so well um he's always seems really balanced he is the epitome of someone that plays like a or that that is a real like quality athlete. His movement is perfect. All of his body positions when he's running. That's why he's so much harder to tackle than he looks. Um, he's not necessarily just rapid. He's just he just moves with so much ease that he can take the game almost slows down for him and it's that much easier for him to play. He is a beast. Watch out for him doing more things at this World Cup. I don't think that's like a revelation. I think he's coming like, with a bit of a reputation so far, and I think he's going to do some good stuff. Um, Argentina, not really sure what to make of a man. Like, they have had a, they, I mean, they looked, their pack looked great in that game, but when you look at them previously, it's their backs that have been doing quite a good job, particularly with the Haguares. They've, you know, they they play a real, they, they play just real good, polished quality rugby, but they lose their head sometimes, and in top flight rugby, you can't let the game get away from you for 20, 30, 40 minutes like they did in that France game, like they do quite regularly in the championship. You know, times I've watched them in the rugby championship where they they play really well in patches. They look like they're going to do something and then and then they have a 15-minute fuck-up in their heads and they they, get, they let the games get away from them and they just play, you know, the, they just don't get away. The, they don't get away with the win that they should be getting. Otherwise, they'd be having a lot of more wins in that, and a lot more success in that competition but you know it's I don't think it's a fitness because they should be in great shape after having Kia the rugby strength coach o- look overseeing him um, until I think he left after World Cup he'll be on the podcast soon and he'll answer that himself but I think that was I think that was what when he left and you know they're still a great they're a great team but they may mentally sort of switch off for 20 minutes in a game and that sort of cost them. They I don't know if they switched off for the first 30 minutes of that France game or the French switched on. I think it was a bit of a column A bit of column B. But unfortunately that 20 to 30 minutes being switched off has cost them dearly and now they look like they they are you know they're going to really struggle to qualify. So we'll see what happens and it's all interesting it, uh it, who do England play for? England play Argentina first. So, if England beat Argentina, then the the French England French game at the end of the pool stage will be for whoever takes top spot. So, England will be targeting that Argentina game to just to tick off that box and just to make sure that they've qualified. We're really ashamed for the RGs, but you know, it's just that tough pool, man. Like, there's always going to be one pool with three uh, tier one teams, and uh, yeah. One team's got to go out. Speaking of one team going out, let's look at Pool D, where as much as I want to say the Welsh are going to go out because they might take another loss to Fiji, like they did in 2007, just don't see it happening. I I, saw, I thought the Fijians played their asses off for the first what 50 minutes of that game, um, but then it, the game just got away from them because they just were, they seemed like they were exhausted. I'm a bit bummed out that they're seven. Had to, um, is it Bottier? Who's a seven? Let's look it up. But their seven played so, so, so. Yato, yeah, sorry, Bottier's the center. Yato played, was pl- on fire. Then he got bashing the head, which for some reason, um, Rhys Hodge stayed on the field, even though that was definitely an illegal challenge. What a shame that sort of happened. But, you know, um, those Fijians, man, they're starting to play like... Almost on the level of their sevens team. Not quite, but they're starting to figure out how they can make their game work. Anyone that um, doesn't know, uh, the Drua entered a team, Fijian, they, it was basically a Fiji A side that entered into the Australian, is it the Premiership? Aussies tell me what it was. The Australian top flight league, and they ended up winning the whole thing, um, which is pretty awesome. And it just shows that, that you know, the more. The, time that these because they they play on such instinct these guys the more time that they can get together the better they're going to be I just don't think that they're going to be able to match the physicality that the Welsh are going to bring Welsh are just going to play an efficient um, physical game and that's the game that's going to that's the way to shut a team like Fiji down you never know that Fiji start hot they can they can really start pushing them um, and they they might they might be able to cause an upset um, that's also it was also oh no I was gonna say it's 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 a week and a half after Australia play Wales, so they'll have plenty of time to get a good rest up before the Fiji game and then um they should, I think Wales will almost certainly take that. So like I say, I haven't predicted the only upset I've predicted is potentially Japan taking Scotland. Um I would put some money on that because that'll probably get you some good odds. But other than that, you're also better off putting a bet that literally not one single tier two team will be a tier one nation in this world cup, which is a shame, but I think that's the way it's going to be. Let's just enjoy all the rugby that is on show. Um, I'm going to keep doing these updates. If you like them, let me know, give us a five star review And if you want 50 free rugby conditioning sessions, if you want to play out, you know, and not gas out after 60 minutes like the flying Fijians did against Australia, then get yourself 50 free rugby conditioning sessions that you can download for free. No shit. It's 50 free rugby conditioning sessions. You get it for free at rugby-muscle.com. If you want world-class strength and conditioning delivered directly to your phone through our app. Go to rugby-muscle.com forward slash team. Check out Team Rugby Muscle. It's the easiest way to get in, like to go to the gym, get world-class strength and conditioning any gym. You don't have to go to a fancy CrossFit style gym or a fancy sports strength and conditioning center. You can go to your own gym, um, customize the sessions to fit your schedule four days a week, five days a week, three days a week. You can customize it to fit you. You get full support from me for $40 a month. This is an awesome way to really make sure that what you're doing in the gym is paying off on the field and you get to step in the gym and not think about it whatsoever. It's really awesome. Check it out, rugby-masterball.com forward slash team. Thank you guys so much for listening. If you enjoyed this, give us a five-star review like I just said, or just shoot me an email, tom at tjstrength.com with any questions that you have or any feedback you have, what you think about the World Cup and I'll probably record another one of these and get out to you guys next week. In the meantime, I'll give you another one for Thursday with a bit of a QA and a session and we'll take it from there. Thank you guys so much for listening. I'll see you guys in the next one. All right, guys, thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this or any other episode of the Robbie Muscle Podcast, please feel free to share it with your friends or teammates. It's something, the little things like that that you can do that really do help the show grow. And the more we grow, the more we can help you guys out. Another thing that you can do is go ahead and give us a five-star review on iTunes. That only takes about 20 seconds. And it, again, it helps us grow and helps us spread the podcast to people that need it. If you're interested in stepping up your training, then visit rugby-muscle.com where you can pick up free, free rugby conditioning sessions or you can join Team Rugby Muscle where you get world-class strength and conditioning delivered directly to your phone. That's rugby-muscle.com for more information on all of that. Thank you guys for so much for listening and we'll see you in the next one.